Last week, when we were talking with the Wingerts, this phrase, comparison is the thief of joy, came up. And today we want to talk a little bit more about that. Why comparison is the thief of joy and how to avoid it. Welcome to the What Could Go Right podcast. I'm Emily Orton. And I'm Eric Orton. And here we talk about personal growth, family connections, and parenting adult kids. All the adventures. All the adventures. Making your midlife more meaningful. Okay. So I'm going to start by telling you a story that Emily, it's about me and she thinks I'm pretty funny. I was a freshman in college. And for those of you that are our age, you, you will remember a guy named Harry Connick Jr. Um, is he still famous? He's still kicking. He's a, he's, yeah, I mean, he actually, he just put out a new, stuff. he just put out a new album last year, which, so. um, anyway, so I was listening to a little bit of him. Musician, yeah. He's a musician kind of from new Orleans, kind of cool jazz crooner type guy. And, um, I actually got to work a live concert with him at one point and not that that matters at all. But when I was 18, I was studying music in college and focusing a lot on piano. And I came across and I, you know, I, I had a whole bunch of albums by Harry Connick Jr. And I discovered that he put out an album called 25 which was his new current album. And then I realized that he had an album called 12. And those numbers were the ages that he was when he put those albums out. The album 25, I could like, I could get behind it. Cause like I'm 18, you know, like a 20 year old putting it on an album. That's pretty normal. He had an album of him playing music when he was 12. And when I found that out and listened to it and heard how incredibly he played, I was super bummed out. <laughs> I was like, I'm a loser. Cause you know, I was playing piano and I knew how to play the blues and I also knew how to play a Mozart concerto and a couple of other, you know, I had like, I had some chops, but I did not play the way Harry Connick Jr. played. And I just thought, man, I'm like six years behind this 12 year old. I'm like, I'm you losing, didn't have an album. I'm losing this race. I hadn't, you know, I, oddly enough, I had actually already been paid at that point to write music for the theater and I mean, not a lot, but it was like something I could hang my hat on, but I just felt it bummed me out. It, that, that was it. Like it, it was the thief of my joy. As much mm -hmm. as I loved music, comparing myself to Harry Connick Jr. was the thief of my joy. And so that's my sob story. Yeah. It, I just think that that is so relatable because so many of us will be going along thinking we're doing great. And then we see somebody else and we're like, oh, never mind. You know, like I remember, Never mind. <laughs> I remember, I remember when I thought, oh my gosh, I'm like really gearing up. I'm going to go from zero regular, you know, exercise to running a marathon with this friend. And I started training for the marathon and I was feeling really good about myself, my dedication, my discipline, um, my showing up, my progress. And then people started talking to me about these like 50 mile runs and hundred mile runs and multiple marathons. And I was like, Oh, I don't feel cool anymore. <laughs> but this point is not about like, anyway, so hopefully we get into that and, and, and just realizing like figuring out what it is you actually want and uh, what you value and what matters to you and how you're progressing, um, regardless of what anybody else is doing in, in fact, this reminds me of, uh, we were on a coaching call this past week and we're talking about this incredible custom adventure for this 
clients that is going to be just right for them and, and just be awesome on so many levels for their entire family. And it's, it's going to be such a stretch and, and just awesome. And the client said, well, I don't know, like this, if this is a, like a very good adventure compared to the adventures that other people are choosing or their projects or goals or, you know, aspirations that other people have. And I was like, oh yeah, it's like completely disregard whatever anybody else is choosing to do because this is so aligned with your values and your current circumstance and your hopes for the future and theirs is aligned for them. And it would be, it wouldn't be a match for you to do the same dream that they're doing. That's for them. This is for you. This is perfect. I I think what I said is this is a custom fit. You don't want to get your dreams off the rack. This is a custom fit. You don't want to get your dreams off the rack. I love that. I love it. And I think, is it okay if we dive into yeah, our, let's go in. this our case been, study for the week? Yeah, this has been such a cool um, week for us, bringing something to fruition. So I'll back up. Lily, our daughter, went to the state championships for swim team this year. Let's back up. Hey, welcome any new listeners. Um, yes, I was going to say, our, and, we and have Lily five, is. We, Lily, have, yeah, we have five kids and our daughter, Lily, uh, has Down syndrome. Um, she prefers to be called Lily, the famous athlete. And, uh, she started, she's always loved the water, but she just started swimming this year. Like competitively, the, the competitive, uh, she's been swimming since we lived on a sailboat as a, on a team. Yeah. yeah and yeah. The, this coach just said, Hey, I think swim would be great for her. And I said, well, she loves swimming. And so we just started her out and, um, she couldn't stay focused to do two laps and <laughs> dive to the bottom of the pool or mess around and couldn't jump off the com- competition blocks. And, but she just loved to go and she just kept going and going and having huge drops in her time at every competition as she figured more out what was going on. So yeah, she, so we went all the way through the season and this weekend, this past weekend, she went to States and she ran, swam two events. Okay. Yeah. So all that backstory, true. Lily is one of these kids that she just, if you can imagine the kid that like dives down and comes up and like spouts water out of her mouth because she's just so happy to be in the water. That's Lily. But yeah, she has really focused in and learned to get back and forth across the pool quickly. And, but she's not fast. She's not, or she's not. She's never the fastest She's never the fastest. So she (laughs) swam two races at States. And the first race that she swam, there were five swimmers in the pool. And we learned that she's in what they call the unified category, which is basically what we, what we would call special needs. Yeah, She's in the unified category. And so everybody in the race has some sort of mental or physical condition that prevents them from sort of competing fairly with typical other athletes. And mm-hmm. so Lily is in this race and she, it was a 50 yard race 50 meter 50 meter down to the other end of the pool and back and everybody does really well everybody makes it down and back the the crowd is going crazy cheering for them all the other swimmers on the team are out there cheering for them and and lily finishes the race and she happens to finish last she's the slowest person in the pool uh, but everyone is cheering for them and she's so proud of herself and we're all proud of her and she dropped like 20 seconds, like 12 seconds off for 50 meter, I think. Yeah. So 
the the thing that kind of confused us though was when it came time to because as the meet rolls along they're giving out awards in between different events and they named the top four finishers for that race up until that point they'd been naming the top eight but for this one they named the top four and everyone got a medal except for lily she wasn't like and, named or anything and yeah. yeah and so yeah they're all on the podium and they get their medals and they get their picture taken and they wave and everyone cheers and then they said in division two <laughs> first place lily Orton. yeah Wait, and so lily gets a first place medal and then she goes up on the podium and she's on the very top and, and she's the only one she's the only one and <laughs> she waves at the crowd and everyone cheers and she gets her picture taken and we're like Okay. <laughs> Apparently she's in division two and we don't know yet what that means. We think it might be because she's a sophomore and everyone else were juniors and seniors. Uh, we think. Yeah. We're not sure, but I know uh, my, I was down on the, the swim deck with Lily and my daughter in the stands texted and she's like, I don't know a lot about racing, but how did she come in last and get first place? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm not really sure either. <laughs> okay. So that was the first race. And then the second race, it's a hundred meters. And there's two racers, Lily and this other young man, and they race it and he's a lot faster than she is. Oh yeah. Everyone's still cheering the whole way through. Even the announcer is like, go Lily over the microphone. I she's, mean, she's the only swimmer in the water by a long shot. The, yeah, the young man finished in less than half the time. So she's the main event. The only thing going on. <laughs> All eyes in this place are on Lily and she finishes and everyone cheers for her and she gets up out of the pool and this young man, he wins first place in his category and he, everyone cheers for him and he gets his picture taken. And then Division two, again, we don't know what that is. First place, Lily Orton. And she gets a second medal back on the podium. Everybody waves. It's very Olympic-esque and mm. gets her picture taken. And she comes home with her state swim champ hoodie and two medals around her neck. Clinking. Clinking. <laughs> and she's just, we're just like, how cool. Like she was the last person in the pool in both races and she comes away with two first medals and she was so happy. Everybody was happy for her. And I just thought, I love this. I love this for a lot of reasons. Break and, it down for us. Okay. I'm going to break it down. First is the fact that she was in a category of her own. Each of us can play and race and do whatever we do in a category of our own. If we just say, I'm going to be the best at, and we insert what it is that we're trying to do that's specific to us and our circumstances and our goals, mm -hmm. we can be the first in our category every time. And so I love that Lily, she was the only one in her own category and she won first every time. And you can do that too. You can say, you can pick your category, your division your, you know, whatever event it is that you want to win in. And if you let yourself be in a, I'll, I'll say it again, just, just in, in your own category, you, you can win every time. And here's the second thing that I loved about it is that Lily actually did win in the sense that each of her performances at the state championship was her best performance throughout the whole year. Yeah. On her first Pers personal records, personal records. I think on the first one, she shaved off, I don't know, nine seconds, like you said. Mm -hmm. And the second one, it was closer to 20 seconds and she's not done yet. You know, she wants to keep swimming and racing and she will get faster and she will get faster. But it wasn't like 
she slouched and just goofed around in the pool. All that work and all that effort and all the progress that she made culminated in this moment. And it was her best performance. So I feel like she won. She won no matter what. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, well, I was the only one in the category. So of course I'm going to win. Like she really pushed herself and felt the satisfaction of doing her best. She had to ignore the crowd. She had to do quick turns. She had to keep swimming and not get distracted. Even when it's, I think her, her 100 meter is about three minutes. And so you could easily get distracted in three minutes when there's hundreds of people like waving at you and cheering for you. <laughs> so. I, I think just to illustrate some of the, some of the things that she's had to work through was stopping to blow you kisses mid race. Mm -hmm. She had to overcome that kind of thing. And like and giving like thumbs up or um, shaka to people or just like adjusting her glasses or her swimsuit in the middle or, you know, while racing, <laughs> while racing <laughs> or, or just like stopping at the end of the lane to like check in with the coach and see how they're doing before she turns and continues on the race. And I mean, and I think that actually something we can all relate to as well. It's so super easy to get distracted. So I love this comparison is the thief of joy. And if you are very clear and custom about what success means to you and how you are defining it, you don't have to compare yourself with other people. Um, what you might say is, Hey, they're out here doing their best. And I'm also out here doing my best in that way. We're the same. Our inputs may be different and our outcomes may be different, but we are, we're both doing our best. And I feel great about the progress that I'm personally making. So in that, in that way, um, I think we can find, if you want to like really deep dive into this whole idea, there's a book called Blue Ocean Strategy where it's talking about mm. just playing where you want to play and not competing um, in the in the feeding frenzy of what every, everyone else is trying to do. Do you mind if I delve into that book a little bit real quick? Yeah. Okay, so this book is not new. It's been around for maybe... At least a decade. 15, yeah. Oh, it's at least maybe, maybe even 20 years old because it's, I read it a long time ago. It's by Harvard business press and it's the blue ocean strategy. I don't have it in front of me. We weren't planning to talk about this, but it's the difference between a blue ocean and a red ocean. And a red ocean means that the water is filled with blood because everyone's trying to win in the same space. It's mm -hmm. competition space. Mm -hmm. And the idea of a blue ocean is just to go where nobody else is even competing. Nobody else is playing in that space. Nobody else is, you know, you have it to yourself. And the opening story from this book, I remember, was Cirque du Soleil. Mm. Many, many people know about Cirque du Soleil these days. And I feel like, you know, their heyday, I, I don't know. We'll just if tell the on, story. Yeah. But, but basically, at the time, the only game in town for the circus was Bar Ringling, Barnum and Bailey. My, I don't even know how to say it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that circus. Animals. You know. And... Yeah. And nobody was doing the kind of circus performance that Cirque du Soleil was doing. And the circus was not a, was, was a bad business to be in. It was, it was one that was going obsolete and has since closed down. The, mm -hmm. the Ringling Barnum and Bailey circus now no longer tours as I, as I understand. Yeah. It. They closed. And Cirque du Soleil, on the other hand, went in on something that nobody else was trying to do 
and became the absolute best at it and opened up show after show, tour after tour, sit down production after sit down production at the time. So to the point where they had, I think it was five shows running simultaneously full time in Las Vegas, in addition to their tours and other productions that were happening around the world, they were just mega. And so this, this book, Blue Ocean Strategy was talking about, and I just realized, hey, Lily's middle name is Ocean. Ocean. So, <laughs> so there's the tie-in. So just this idea of play in the space that only you can and probably want to play in, and you don't have to worry about the competition. You will become successful and enjoy the sort of the, the freedom of being in a place where there's no blood in the water. You're not trying to you know, like go for anyone's jugular to win. You just get to be the best at what you do. And if, and if that's a win for you, great. And if that's helpful to the people, great, but, but it doesn't have to be about competing about with anyone else besides yourself. I love what you said just now, because it makes me think about just being the best possible version of you. There's literally nobody else on the planet quite like you. And so if you can really embrace yourself and just lean into the best you. There is nobody else who can compete with you on that. And it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be competitive and you don't have to make those comparisons. Um, but what we have noticed is that every time we're, we're making comparisons um, and thinking we should be where somebody else is, it doesn't really serve us. It doesn't help us progress uh, faster. It doesn't, help us, you know, keep our motivation up or believe in ourselves anymore. So I love this. This, this was a good conversation on really defining specific to you, how you want to grow and progress in a way that can completely disregard, you know, whatever anyone else is doing in the a, space. A friendly disregard for what a other people think. A friendly disregard for what other people think. I'll bet you Harry Connick Jr. is listening to this thinking, God, Eric is such a better podcaster than me. I've, <laughs> I'm like so behind. <laughs> I bet he's not going to hey, worry Harry, about that at all. Drop me a DM. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll help We'd you out. We'd love to collab. I'll help you out. Okay. So, so how does this, how, how can this, how can we help people in this area, Emily? Well, I think that, I mean, for me, the main takeaways are figuring out what you want to do, what matters to you, being the best at being yourself and then not comparing yourself to other people that leaves you free to cheer them on and pour out more good energy into the world and say, good for you. You're doing the things that matter to you. Me too. I'm also doing the things that matter to me. And here we are on this journey together, where both can, doing our best. <laughs> where can people go to get this sort of free headspace kind of experience? To, well, you know. We were thinking that sometimes it can be really hard to get out of your, your headspace, but one of the ways that we've experienced that is the most efficient for clearing your head and really thinking about what matters to you is by changing your environment. Nothing will change your thoughts faster than changing your environment. And so one of the things that what we offer in that area are these one-week sailing trips to beautiful places, and you you get away from all the invisible drain in your everyday environment that's constantly reminding you of things you have to do or pulling you into your your rhythm. You get out on one of these sailing trips, you get this beautiful sunshine, this fresh air, this gorgeous water, 
You're trying new things, having new conversations, and you start having new thoughts and new ideas. And you'll have some play time, which I think is the deepest form of rest. You get some quiet time and you have a chance to just reflect on, hey, what what really matters most to me? And you'll do things that maybe you've never done before. And you're like, what else am I capable of? It just opens you up to, to trusting yourself, to thinking a little more clearly and maybe a little bigger. And so we offer these these sailing trips. Yeah, it's true. I see it over and over again as, as people go out sailing with us. And we're doing, we're doing trips two ways this year. So if one of these feels of interest to you, let's talk. One of the ways is we do a private trip. If you have a group of six to 10 people and you want to go out as a group, it can be a group of couples. It can be two families. It can be a bunch of, you know, you want to have like a ladies getaway, a mom's getaway, or, you know, bros, or, bro a bro, down. or a bro down. Um, or, or even coworkers. Or even coworkers, colleagues, of course. Yeah. So if you want to go with a group, you know, just basically just drop us a line. You can email us or comment on any of our social posts. There will be a link below. And, and, and we'll just talk through it and we can find a custom trip, a, you know, a, a time and a place that would work for you and, and the people you want to go with. The other way is by the cabin. We have a couple of set trips where, where you can just come and um, it's easiest if you come two people because the cabins are usually set up for double pet, occupancy. Double <laughs> occupancy. And so if you want to come, you know, we've done lots of couples. It can be a mom, daughter. It can be two sisters, uh, you know, father, son, whatever, or two friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know. And so, you know, whatever, if you want to just come out and try it out and you don't have a group, that's also fine. So by the cabin is the other way. And so, you know, just drop us a note and happy to fill you in on those details. You can also go to the awesomefactory.nyc forward slash sailing 2024. That's the link you'll find below in the show notes. Find that link in the show notes and you can schedule a time and we can answer all your questions there. What are some of the places you're going to be going? Uh, was recently in the Bahamas. I'm heading to the Sea of Cortez, Mexico next month. going to be in putting together a trip for a group to Thailand right now. Also looking to do some trips back to um, the Caribbean, a couple, have, couple of places. Do you have any space for the Greece Ooh, yeah. Trip? Greece. Going to Greece this summer in July. One spot left at the one moment. Ca one so cabin. One cabin. And so um, Mediterranean, Caribbean, a uh, little bit of... Pacific Ocean stuff. So lots of lots of fun places. So if you want to do that, let's chat. Happy to fill you in. And if you decide to come sailing with us and put down a deposit before March 15th, you'll get $500 off a cabin. So there's that to look forward to. Yeah, that's a good deal. $500 off before March 15th. Okay. I want to close with just a little story about me comparing. Um, we were living in New York City. We were in this little tiny apartment. I had two small kids and we had uh, this friend downstairs who was about my same age, but she was single and her life was vastly different than mine, but she would come over in the evenings and tell me about work, tell me about the clubs, tell me about the men she was dating. And this day she came over and told me um, that she had just um, bought tickets to Peru. She was like, oh, I just saw there was a great price on tickets to Peru. So me and a friend got tickets. We're going to go for a week. And I immediately felt like, what am I doing with my life? You know, like, why am I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the playground three times a day. And, um, what could be better than that? Her, her life sounded so exotic and, and glamorous to me. And I, it's because I was comparing myself to her. 
I wasn't thinking, oh, she comes over every day after work to play with my children. You know, I was thinking, oh, she's going to Peru, you know. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we can't all have everything and the things that we want, you know, like, you know, you can't guarantee that you're going to have children, right? Whatever. Anyway, the point is I was comparing myself to her and it, it made me feel pretty sad about the situation that I was in. And I thought about it a little more through the evening and I just kind of did a little check on my trajectory and I had set my own goals and my own values. And they were that the most important things to me are that I did want to have a family. I wanted to have those kids. And when I realized that I was living my dream and I was able to acknowledge that to myself, it made it so much easier for me to then say like, Hey, good for you. You're doing your dream. I have more than one dream in my life, but the ones that matter most I'm doing right now. And, and so it made it that I could be happier and I could be a better friend. You could cheer for the people I could, in the lane next to you. I could cheer for them because I was, because I knew I was happy with the choices that I had made. I owned them. And anyway, that's my little story about uh, not comparing. And I hope that this is helpful. We always hope that it's helpful that the things we're sharing can help you um, be more intentional either about how you're living your life, how you're thinking about your life. So we always like to end this podcast with one of our favorite questions, which is what could go right? What could go right? Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Eric. Don't hit the pause button just yet because I'm about to share the recording of a beautiful song with you that I think you'll love. It's written by two brothers, Bo and Bear Reinhardt. They are from the band need to breathe and this recording of the song was fun to make i had some friends help me out with the backup vocals and i love how i feel singing it i hope you'll love how you feel listening to it and if you like it i'd love to hear from you enjoy
Singing your name. 